uh, Wednesday at noon Eastern. This is uh, the Tattoo Now show. It, we kind of turned it into a bit of uh, just an open uh, Zoom. So if you got on, if you're on the email list, if you're a subscriber to Reinventing or to Tattoo Now, then you've got the link. Otherwise, uh, my dog is whining that he can't get out, but whatever. We're doing this live, anyways. Um, so yeah, we have Renee uh, Little and Cecil Porter uh, beaming in, both awesome uh, painters and tattooers. Um, if you are interested in zooming in and you're on one of the chat rooms, then let us know. If you're on uh, Facebook, you'd want to get over to the uh, to the YouTubes and uh, check it out from there. Let me just double check that this is working. It does seem like it. Um, how's, how's everybody doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Pretty good. You're doing good. How are you, Cecil? Um, you know, starting my day, kind of. Starting my work day. Got the morning over with. Hallelujah. Uh, fantastic. Let me um, fire up um, your website. Uh, so, Renee, what's, uh, what's your official website? Goldfanggallery.com. Goldfanggallery.com. Awesome. And... Um, why don't you uh, give a proper introduction for everybody as they're beaming in? Now, also, actually, wait, as you're doing, before you do that, now's a great time, everybody, uh, to let us know in the chat rooms where you're beaming in from, if it's working, if you're a painter, if you're a tattooer, and tag a painter or a tattooer that might be interested. Um, okay, so now, Renee, I'm going to uh, screen share your website here. Okay. Oh, hi. Um, Goldfin Gallery is a, a tattoo studio. Um, and also art gallery. Um, we're just now building the online stores since COVID has really kind of took away um, the comfortability of um, a mass scale foot, foot traffic. So um, as you look at it now, it's like very minimal, um, but we're kind of like playing it out. And I've also recently just um, invested in uh, some printers, but very, very large printers. So. I'm kind of like jumping into a whole new business and it's been pretty fun, but uh, yeah, this nice. is, this is, this is us here. Uh, you can book online. Um, there's seven of us, uh, artists total tattoo artists. Um, so you can book online and it's a pretty nice, um, you know, questionnaire that you have to go through. So your clients aren't leaving anything out when you request a tattoo, uh, consultation or just a tattoo in general. Um, sorry, that's my cat's making noise now. Uh. Um, <laughs> Like, are they eating? Are they doing? Oh, wait, wait. She's eating something. Home there. It, it wouldn't be a proper <laughs> webcast these days if the pet doesn't make a, an appearance, hey? I know. Or try to eat a piece of plastic. No, pet. Let me go get them. Let me get them. Um, pretty cool space tattoos here, huh? Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yes, I, um, I focus on uh, realism, um, like color, full color realism, but I like the complicated stuff. So I like space. Um, a lot of really intense florals, um, and I also do black work, um, just to, you know, give me some cushion throughout the day. Um, but I usually do like one or two clients a day and I just tackle really big pieces currently. Um, but, but my books are closed in Oklahoma. So I've just been now like trying to organize all my travel stuff for next year and they're all really big pieces too. So I'm excited to see them. But yeah, that's, that's my stuff. Um, everyone in my shop is a little different. Um, I tried to really have a melting pot of artists. So we're influencing one another, but we're also 
like in no way able to copy one another or um, if we have a client that is like still discovering about styles, which I know that we've all been there, um, we can always say like, you know what, I might not be the best artist for you. Have you seen my coworker and what he does or what she does? And I feel like that gives us like a, like the ultimate, you know, part of sales is like, we're not all the same. No one here can do the same job as the other person, but we all do it differently in the most artistic way that we can possibly do. So I really do promote the arts in my studio, um, more fine arts, um, you know, like draw nights, paint nights. Um, uh, and here I'll be, yes, yeah, speaking of, uh, every Monday at the end of the month, I'll be having a little paint night. Um, well, I'll either do, uh, I think I really do enjoy doing the one shot bird paintings and some florals. It kind of shows like a really quick way to do composition and get down a lot of information really quickly. Um, but I really love doing plein air and oil painting and kind of jack of all trades, but that's awesome. me. Yeah. Fun, fun. Did you let everybody know your location? I'm in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. Thanks. Um, we're smack dab, we're smack dab downtown in the arts district. So, um, we've got beautiful, um, that's where the, all the history is in downtown Oklahoma. It's all the Corinthian columns and uh, art museum is a block away from us. And it's really, really pretty. It's really something, awesome. um, but you can, yeah, you can see us where the big building. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Uh, Cecil, you're, uh, still sitting up there in the background. Yeah, I can talk though. Yeah, I'm cool. just mixing up my colors. Let me uh, let me fire up. I'm gonna fire up just the new site just to show off the uh, the homepage. But then in the actually, you know what? No, I'm just gonna fire up a little image gallery. Of your work here. Um, so you're in uh, Oregon, and you're uh, yep. just setting up for a painting. You're, so you, you you spend more time painting now than you do uh, tattooing. Yeah, I, yeah. I primarily paint now. Um, I tattoo for I tattoo for fun mainly. Uh, I mean, financially, I make a lot more money painting. It's a lot less stressful or a lot less stressful to paint. Um, so it's at the point now where I just tattoo because I love to tattoo. Uh, awesome. And I don't think I'll, I'll ever quit as long as my hands let me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm primary caregiver of my son. So like working a regular job, not that tattooing is regular, but to be in a studio with a client by myself every day, it's really not even feasible to do that. Mm. Uh, and I was primarily illustrating for the most part. And then in the last eight months or so, um, with literally no examples of it on my websites at all, I just started getting tons and tons and tons of fine artwork. So I guess I'm transitioning into that, uh, which is also great because with commercial art, everything needed to be done yesterday. And with fine art, people are like, take your time. Awesome. Yeah, this is, that uh, is awesome. Pretty sick uh, work, clearly. Yeah. Now these are these were these concepts for uh, for a game or you know obviously yeah, I, a... yeah I mean there's there's different stuff on there. Some of it is uh, commission work. Um, a lot of it came from uh, uh, a game that I designed. Um, yeah, you know I mean that that's the thing with commercial art, right? Is like most of my what I would consider to be some of my best work, I'll never be allowed to show because of NDAs. Oh. So, you know, it, it, unfortunately, there's a, a huge amount of work that I've done that that's just legally not allowed to show because they make you sign ridiculous contracts. They'll be so, like, we're going to sue you for a million dollars. And you're like, yeah, go ahead. Go see where that gets you. <laughs> yeah. 
That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work. So uh, Melissa is uh, Melissa Sink is in the uh, chat room working on Facebook, not on YouTube, not on one of the YouTubes. I think it might be on. Uh, I'll, I'll double check the. Uh, I think it's on reinventing, so I'll go check on the tattoo now one. But uh, Melissa or Bruno, if either of you want to zoom in, um, we'll uh, we'll get you the links. Uh, I'll show off some of your tattoos too. Uh, Cecil, check that out. Well, we have still here on the uh, the line here. Oh, well. So, are, Cecil, are you part owner in your shop, or do you just keep like a, a booth like there so you can go and tattoo whenever? No, I, I've always had private studios. I usually will rent okay. a space that's like a thousand square feet, and then or oh, less, okay. uh, and then it's just me. So, yeah, love, I've, I've done yeah. that. I've done that ever since I left LA. Um, I don't, you know, I usually work. It's a little bit less now because of my son, but I used to work eighteen-hour days and. Uh, um, it's really hard to uh, just have distractions around me. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's still kind of that way. Like, I, I just wouldn't want the distractions, you know, when I'm, when I'm working, I'm kind of in the zone and I don't, nobody knows where my studio is because the other problem is you get a bunch of tattooists showing up, you know, that they don't have bad intentions. They just want to like watch you and learn and ask questions. And it's like, man, I got a deadline. I got to get this done, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I just keep it to myself. I have found that sometimes I do paint at my house. I'll like walk my cats out and I have this giant studio, but sometimes, yeah, I feel like um, if everyone's there, you know, I'm always answering questions, which I do love. Yeah. I, I love that. But sometimes, yeah, when I have my little secret projects, I'll like lock myself in a little cave as late into the yeah. night as much as I can. I, I have a home studio. I mean, I have to now. It's not preferable because, uh, I have a hard time disconnecting live space from workspace. Mm. So um, I, I really do enjoy like the 20 minutes it takes me to like get from my house to my studio, get into that mode of like, when I walk through the door, I'm here to work. I'm not here to hang out. I'm not going to sit on a couch. You know, it's like, it's purely work. And I really have a hard time disconnecting uh, when I'm at mm -hmm. home. But uh, again, because of my son, like I have to paint at home. So um well, a lot it's a of wonderful times, so. gift to be able to even be at home with your son and be able to take oh, care man, of yeah, my no. like, it, it, I, I'm so blessed, man. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, yes, I love what we do. Yeah, I, I know so many artists that just unfortunately aren't able to make a good living doing this. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's a big part of my, my future is, is all about giving back. You know, like I'm in the process of starting a, a scholarship. And then I'm going to be starting a mentor camp and, you know, I reach out, I, I uh, teach a lot of people online. Like I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I do well enough that I feel like if I don't give back, then, you know, like I was kind of like, I don't really know how to word it. Like I was given what I have for a reason. I feel like I, mm -hmm. I definitely, I don't need everything that I have. So I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be doing with that. And that's where I'm trying to give back now. Your work is so fun. We're looking, we're, we're looking at all of it right now. And it's so much, it's so much fun. And I, I do okay. feel the same. It's, I know my parents bred me to be, you know, not only an artist, but one of like the best artists, like that was the communication that we had growing up. And if they didn't push me into it, you know, as hard as they did, I don't know what I would be without it. And uh, so now I have the exact I, opposite. <laughs> well, I, now it makes me want to like if I see it in people, I want to push them as well. You know, if they because I also just had horrible self-esteem as a child. So they had to push me 
but I didn't, cause I just didn't realize what I could do, you know, but for, I know. for me, it's a lot of like, I, I grew up really poor, was homeless. You know, we lived under a bridge mm-hmm. for a while, like just oh, yeah. um, not a good life. And, you know, the whole thing, you know, abused and molested and raped and all that stuff that most tattooists, we all kind of share the same story to some degree. Uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, the thing is, is now I'm at a point where I want to go back and find those kids like me. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what my scholarship is going to do is reach kids like that. Um, that's I'm amazing. not trying to get, you know, cause I just feel like, I don't know, this is a little bit of a rant and I think I've already ranted this with, uh, gay before, but do you, do you know the, do you know the, um, story of the flea? Mm-mm. Well, I'll just yeah, so the story, the story of the flea is basically a way to explain the ghetto because a lot a lot of people think that these kids in the ghetto uh because i grew up inner city you know and a lot of people think these kids in the ghetto they want to grow up and be drug dealers or pimps or pushers or gang members and they just kind of oh, write yeah. them off and, and the thing is, is yeah. the the story of the flea goes uh, a flea has a 36 inch vertical which comparable to size is the largest vertical of any creature on the planet so if you take that flea and you put it in a jar and you put a lid on the jar that flea is going to jump up it's going to hit its head and it's going to learn to only jump high enough to not hit its head. Then you get another flea. You do the same thing. It learns to only jump high enough to not hit its head. Now, that flea, those fleas have a kid. That kid is born with a 36-inch vertical. But it never once tries to do it because it's never exposed to the idea that it can. And right. that, that's the ghetto. The only, the only route to success that kids coming up in that area see is to be a drug dealer, a gang member, things like that. So I want to go back to the cities where I came from. And to show these kids, you know, if I can find a kid that has the fire like I had to, to get out of that situation, that there is an alternative route. And, you know, statistically speaking, when people go and talk to these kids, they don't usually listen unless it's somebody who came from their environment. So I feel mm-hmm. like I have the potential to do a lot of good for these kids and really kind of show them, you know, and I, I've been extremely fortunate to meet a lot of people who've done really well for themselves in lives and have also come from kind of crappy backgrounds. So I think mm-hmm. getting them together with me and going and like trying to reach these kids, I'm hoping that I can, you know, change some lives. I mean, not this, yeah, no. but I that's really that. what I want to do. I think absolutely. I think that um, it's, if they don't know that they have that potential or if they don't know like how it's, my parents did the same, like no matter what they knew that I had it in me. So therefore they pushed it hard. And, but those kids too, like they don't have anyone that can see that for them. And so if you're that person that sees it in them and says, hello, you can do this, see where I've come from and give them an example and, um, you know, ask them. And it's all about what they want as well. And I think we all want the same thing. We all want security. We want happiness. You know, we want a clean bed to sleep on and food to eat. Um, well, if they can I mean, that's a, see they can achieve that, then they'll go for it. That's a part of it, too, I think, is there's still, at least for non-artists, there's still that stigma of, like, starving artists, man. And, you know, like, oh, there's, yeah. there's so much money in art. And the thing is, is, like, I try to explain to people every single thing that you buy, that you see, that you consume, there was somebody who designed that along the way. There's way more jobs in art than there are artists mm-hmm. to do the jobs. If you're If you're a starving artist, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but if you're a starving artist, there's only a couple reasons. One, mm-hmm. you have an ego. Two, you're hard to work with, uh, mm-hmm. blow deadlines all the time. Or three, you suck. 
And that's the most common thing because everybody's kind of fed this like art doesn't have any rules and you just do what you want. And it's like, man, there's so many freaking rules to art. And like a, a lot of people say, you know, they always try to chalk it up to talent. Like, oh, you have so much talent. You have so much talent. It's like, look at any yeah, artist no. when they started. There's no such thing as talent. There's hard work, you know, mm -hmm. like to sit down and, and learn anatomy and how to draw and turn form in space. And I mean, the amount of anatomy that you have to learn is ridiculous and it's boring and it takes a long time. And it's not just anatomy, it's form, it's structure, it's the Riley rhythms, it's edges, it's shape design, it's tiling, it, you know, so most people give up. And the reason why is because mm -hmm. it's not their passion. And, but then they just say, well, I didn't have the talent for it. And it's like, no, you just weren't passionate about it. Like, I, don't, I know people don't have any ill will when they say it, but it's kind of like you're cheapening the, the two and a half decades of work mm -hmm. that I put in the study to get to where I am. Like I worked hard to get to this and to achieve a masterful level of skill in anything takes a lot of work. It takes a lot so of work like yeah. it, for, you know, but if you put the work in, the money is there, the work is there, the jobs are there and you can do what you want to do. It's just convincing these kids that that's really what it takes, yeah. not some innate ability the you're born with or not. Right. And the creativity to think outside of just one box. I've met so many kids that want to be artists and, you know, after talking to me and they see how many cups I have of just different projects and different mediums and different, you know, outlets that I'm, they're all feeding off of one another as well. They didn't realize that that's what you actually have to do as well as put yourself out well, there and just create. So you're creating a product, you're creating a style, you're, you're working in all different levels of printmaking, but there's a, painting, anything. There's a, level, there's a level of ignorance though that you can't fault because these kids, you know, like, you know, if you go to like a public school, they're not telling you all the different jobs and careers you can no, have exactly. as an artist, you know? No, and so these no, kids, they, I mean, there's still things to this day that I'm finding out. I'm like, you can do that. Like, that's a thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, there's no outlet to educate these kids that like, Hey, you know, you don't have to just go and paint portraits. You don't have to just go and do that. I mean, there's so many things, but there's mm -hmm. no outlet to let these kids know. Well, that's where it's of, our job to let us, know, let them know, you know, that's, well, that's that, what it I is, mean. It, it's like, it, abso it absolutely is. That's, that's why I'm trying to do what I do, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that's why I try to, voice this to m more artists so that they also do it um because it's, it's one of those things where if if we don't let them know nobody's going to you know your guidance mm -hmm. counselor at high school doesn't know what the hell's going on you know no. so it's like oh my gosh. These, these kids they're not getting any any input on what the actual opportunities are out there even if you go to like say a government funded charter program right like a public school that takes on the arts they're not even covering the basis of business no you know they're no, not even 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 the business side apart which is appalling in art because there's no like no you know what happens this is this is a common thing that i've seen this is you know we all know artists undervalue themselves and i and i've mm -hmm. for years searched for the reason why and it i i think i've come up with one of the one of the factors it's a multi-variate equation but i think i've come up with one of the factors is you get a lot of artists that go oh what should i charge for my piece nobody's telling me i'm gonna look at this guy, somebody they look up to and they go, mm -hmm. shoot, that guy's only charging 2000 for a painting. I can't charge that much. So I'll charge 1500. And then somebody looks up to them and says, oh, that guy only charges 1500. I can't, I'm not as good as him. So I can't charge what he charges. And so he charges a thousand and it's just an endless cycle to where you get these really, really amazing artists out there and they're charging nothing for their work because they've 
there's no set standard. Like, ask an artist what they charge. Oh, well, you, you, you can get what you're worth. You can, you know, just charge what you think it's worth and see if it sells. It's like, come on, man. Like, every industry has a standard people know that they can get away with, at least as a starting point. But then you get the art and everybody's all like, and it's like, come on, dude, you sell your shit. You know what you can sell it for. Like, why are you hiding this from people? I think that Art Basel, where someone sold the banana tape to a wall for like a million or two, like, I think that proved that we can really just value it at what we think is worth. Look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, as an artist, we're very self-critical of our work and we're looking is the more educated you get, the more flaws you see in your work, the easier it is for you to devalue your work. But we need to stop thinking like that as artists. And we need to remove ourselves from the equation and understand that the general populace at a certain degree, they can't tell the difference in brushstrokes. They can't tell the difference in shape design. They can't tell the difference in all these things. So at a certain point, the stuff that you're criticizing yourself about in your work doesn't even matter to the people mm. buying it. And you need to charge right. what you're worth. And a big problem is a lot of guys will go and charge this degree based on, oh, my shape design, I, I see flaws in it, so I can't charge this price. But there is a mall mentality to art, man. There really, really is. Yeah. And it's like if you charge uh, a higher price people will think you're better i know that sounds dumb and and, and a lot of people get pissed but it's the honest to god truth man it's, it it's really really people. is yeah. and, you, and you just need to do it yeah you just, you just need to do it and the other thing i might suggest is making sure that like the support team or somebody's there like to, to do the billing for you as an artist i mean obviously if you don't you have to do it yourself and and use these mechanisms um but like you know I, i'm trying to think of another profession where um you know, it's not like the lawyer is sending you a bill being like, oh, you know yeah, what, yeah. you know, after you're, you know, that, that was, you know, $800, that was $1,500. Like, you know, you get a, you know, someone else is usually handling the, the billing in that, in that respect. And I imagine that, you know, as artists, you know, ha- having somebody that's able to take care of that. I mean, I know that, it could, it could, I mean, sometimes I'm doing consulting, I could, I could make $20,000 a month appear out of nowhere. I mean, and to your point, it's like the, the clients are happier. They recommend you more and, money came, you know, out of thin air. It's crazy. Well, it's nice to have that support, Dave. <laughs> I'll be, yeah. Do you, uh, do you, what do you do for a, a support team? Do you have uh, any, I mean, I guess now it's COVID time. So part of me is like, I had a great support team, but now it's like, we don't want a lot of people hanging around the front. And... Yeah, no, we, um, I don't know. I think we've just gracefully adapted, taking care of our own. Um, we'll bounce off yeah. of each other if we need to. You know, like we, my whole crew is pretty tight. So we all know like, you know, the glance, the subtle, the subtle glance, the subtle, you know, uh, little help sign that we might give to one another. But uh, no, we, we handle our own um, and it's pretty cut and dry. Um, but our, but how I see it also is like, I'm kind of like the mentality of, you know, if you go to like a drive through or something, you see like the price is clearly marked. Um so I try to, you know, state my hourly, state my day rate, state my, you know, all the possibilities that could be. So at least I know the maximum amount um, uh, as far as tattooing goes. Um, but as far as painting goes, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but, you know, it, it is hard to weigh intention and it's hard to, you know, put a price on something that you're creating. 
that isn't a tattoo after you've been doing it for so long. But I do kind of think about it in the same sense. Like one, because we can talk about like, you know, uh, value your paintings accordingly, but how do you do that? You know, so um, I've kind of developed this little algorithm um, for some of my larger pieces of paintings because those ones, I mean, sometimes I'll paint something so large, so crazy that eventually you know, I'll just end up gifting it to a friend that I know will take care of it and archive it for me. You know, uh, I really love it. Cecil, you know? uh, oh, we lost yep. Jason. Shit, we lost him before we got a chance to uh, to bring him on. Um, maybe, hopefully he'll be back, Jason. Uh, Cecil, how do you uh, go about pricing stuff or what was your kind of evolution? I mean, um, most most tattooers I know that try to get into fine art, you know, three three years later, not most, a lot of them will come back, you know, I, I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the opposite side of things, man. I've, I've coached a lot of kids and I've negotiated their contracts. So I sort of know what mm. the industry is looking for. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to be a jerk. I'm going to sound terrible, but I'm, this is my business. This is my livelihood. And I'm more passionate about art than anything in the world, except for my son. So I don't fuck around. Um, as soon as the conversation starts, I tell the, uh, my commissions, uh, paintings start base price, five grand. I don't, I don't get out of bed for five grand for less than five grand. If you can't afford $5,000 or more, then we don't even start the conversation. And it's, that's no. fine. We're just in a different league. You know, I, I'm not saying that I'm the greatest painter in the world or anything like that. Don't read into this. But the thing is, is like, you have to, you, you're as an artist, you're at a crossroads. You're either looking to build a clientele that's Louis Vuitton or, or target. And if you're going to, if you're going to strive to be Louis Vuitton, then you can't worry about losing the target customers. Sure. So that's you know? creating your so, algorithm. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so I, I'm putting like, down as your... soon as, yeah, as soon as people contact me before we even talk about the piece, I, I tell them, I ask them, what's your budget? You know, because I, I'm not in the business of wasting time. I'm super busy. I barely have any time to do anything. So if people, uh, if their budget is five grand or more, or, you know, if they're just like, Hey, I'll pay whatever charges, then we go to the next step. You know, and then and then it goes up from there, depending on the complexity of the piece. You know, is, is there is there a, is it a is it a complete scene? Is there a background? Is there you know perspective involved? Is there multi figures? You know, whatever. Then the price materials goes up. used. Yep. Yeah, I don't really Time I don't factor spent. any of that in. Uh, for oh, me, I it's do. Just, well, it's just that's, everyone's algorithm is different. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it's just I just kind of factor it all together, and it, and it just comes down to like. Uh, you know, if you want a piece that's, I don't know, um, like I, I'm, I'm getting ready to start this big uh, wedding painting, you know, and, and it, you know, it's just, well, the, there's a background, there's two full figures in it, blah, 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 blah. You, I just kind of put a value on which each of those elements is to me. And then at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, $10,000. And that's, that's the price. And if you're cool with that, you're cool with that. And if not, not. And more often than not, people are cool with it. But you have to source that clientele. The same person that's going to buy a thousand dollar painting isn't going to buy a ten thousand dollar painting, you know. So you you've got to not be afraid to lose that clientele to garner a better clientele, you know. And I also find, to be honest, the more I charge, the cooler the clients are. You would think it would be the other way around, where like the guy not paying that much would give you more freedom because he knows he's getting a deal. But that's not how it works out. The more I charge, the cooler the clients always seem to be. They're more open to my ideas and my suggestions. They're they're more flexible with their deadlines. Uh, so just as an ease of like your conscience, charge more just so you can have more flexibility with your work. 
Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, how are you doing? Hey, pretty good, good. Hey, Renee. Hey, How's it going? Hey, good. How are nice you? See yeah, not too Guys, bad. Guys, I'm going uh, to have to go. I'm sorry, but I got to go. Oh, I just nice talking showed to up, you guys. Oh, yeah, I know, thanks, it is. Thanks for beeping in. Yeah, I showed <laughs> I up and then you're like, Ricardo. I got to go. Yeah, I gotta go. No, it's uh -huh. it's good to see your face, buddy. <laughs> you too, man. Take it easy. All right, I'll I'll see you at Pete night. Okay, bye. Yeah, sure. Bye. 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 Um. Yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm almost to the shop. I just but I wanted to uh, jump in because I couldn't agree more with what Cecil was saying uh, about some of the things he was talking about with his paintings and stuff like that and uh, the clientele for sure. Uh, you know, you it's better to be just straight up, straightforward with people as far as your prices and stuff like that go right out of the gate. Um, I also I think, think it seems more professional too. I think I think does. when you do that, people are like, "Oh, this guy means business." Where if you him ha around it, they feel like there's a negotiation there, and there's not. I, I have no negotiation in my price. There's a negotiation in my head. If the piece is yeah. cooler and I really want to do it, I might charge a little less. If the piece sucks, then I'm going to charge a little more. But they don't know about that negotiation, right? And I, I also agree. I agree with you, man. There's a certain amount. There's something about being adamant about certain things as far as your approach uh that will talk for you you know what i mean it speaks it speaks volumes for you without having to say so many words to a person uh when yep. you just set your just set your time and your tone you know what i mean and there's yep. nothing more valuable than that and unfortunately like what you were talking about at the beginning of the show uh we all do relate in certain kind of aspects of our life as far as traumas and stuff like that go and that can develop a certain amount of insecurity on some persons and stuff oh, like that. Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. And, and that has a large part to play in it. You know what I mean? And sometimes we're not given these tools uh, on how to manage things, uh, our life in general, in particular, but it can be learned. You know, it is a learned thing. And yeah. the I mean, that, that's, why, that's why I do this, man. You know, that's why I do yeah. this because, I mean, it, it, it took me until I was in my mid 30s before I started kind of really going after art in a, the way I should, you know, understanding what I should charge, putting a value on what I am and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm still learning every day. And so my yeah. goal is to like reach these kids and other people who are starting out in the industry and kind of be like, Hey man, don't make these mistakes. I, I can give you the groundwork to make you successful in your twenties. Why wait till you're in your forties, you know, yeah. getting the skill sets up to you. That's so, on so, you. You're so, either going to work hard enough or you're not, but yeah. I can help you negotiate the industry. Speak, speaking of uh, some people uh, uh, asking questions and stuff about this, uh, Amy Ward in uh, the, the YouTube chat uh, is asking, uh, digital billing, uh, can that be a substitute, uh, Gabe? She asked me, but um, this was applicable for you guys. I, I would just say as far as digital billing or like anything that's a substitute is kind of a substitute like you need to feel in your heart that that's a you know a five thousand dollar piece and it has to be you know um, yes so a computer yeah. that charges five thousand you know isn't ever gonna like for as a as somebody on the other end of it like you know you know look, there's a mentality is what's the issue that that fake it till you make it thing i i, I don't I don't know. Well, I can't say I don't know any. I know very few artists that don't suffer from imposter syndrome. So Absolutely. the thing is, is like you've literally just got to do it with 100 percent conviction and sell it on the false bravado, because we all should have the confidence in what we do. But the, the idea is most of us don't. And, and, and even like we all have a level of confidence to where we can go, well, I know I don't suck. So but you really like if you want to get those bigger prices, not that I'm charging a ton, but if you want to get bigger prices and continue to charge more, 
you've got to attack it like like you're worth that and and it's foolish for anybody else to think otherwise because if you come in there shaky they're gonna they're gonna see that like blood in the water man you've got it you've got to present yourself like hey this is the price this is what i'm worth and if you can't pay that then you can go somewhere else and that's cool we're cool you know we're just in different playing fields man i'm playing for the big leagues and you're not and you know it's like it's a fine line because it's a fine line because you've got to have that fake confidence or if you're lucky enough to have the real confidence you've got to present it but you also can't come off like an ego because at the same time that'll force you to lose a sale right so you've got to find a way and that's where like i think uh as tattooists we all kind of have this advantage of we learn to read people you know you kind of know when somebody walks through the door what way to talk to them whether you can talk with your real voice or you got to bust out your professional voice based on you know them you can pick that stuff up quick that carries over into selling your art. The same thing. As soon as you're talking to somebody, you know how you can approach them. Um, I, I recommend the book. If anybody reads, I, I'm constantly reading. I read nonstop. Um, there's a book called uh, what got you here. Won't get you there. Mm. And it, it basically, it basically shows you how, like, once you get to like that, that, you know, nonstop drive and fight that got you to a certain level, it stops working because when you start moving up, there's a different set of rules to play in the game. And that book teaches you how to negotiate that field using the skill set that you have. And I, I think it was a really invaluable book um, for really understanding how to talk to people who, you know, maybe started out rich. They're still rich. You know, they, they just they're not used to talking to people who didn't come from that background. And if you can be you can put them off real easy if you don't know how to talk to them the way they're used to being talked to. And, and it, it also gives you a bunch of other skills that will show you, like, how to negotiate those arenas. Uh, okay, so real quick, uh, Amy did uh, clarify. She said digital billing is a substitute for a support team, and um, and again, uh, it's certainly digital is better. In my opinion, would be better than nothing. Like a support team person using uh, digital uh, assistance or, or, or computers is even better. Um, you know, ideally, tattooers are focused on you know the tattooing, but um, I, obviously, there's so many different ways to go about it and do it. Um, but yeah. Cecil, do you have any digital uh, assistance or do you have an assistant? Do you use computer tools or what do you No, I used to, I used, I've had assistants throughout my career, man. And um, it's never, it's always started out amazing and ended terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, At first, everybody's gung ho to be your assistant and I, I pay well. So, you know, money helps too. Um, But on the other side, nobody's going to care about your baby like you. And I find that like after a certain period of time, assistants just fall off. You know, they, 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 they stop being personable. They don't answer the emails every day. They don't, uh, they, I don't know. Like I had one assistant who literally we were, he was a remote assistant, which I guess is sort of my fault, but um, he was great for like three years. And then all of a sudden I had no work and the guy had fucking quit and never told me mm. I'm still paying him. He's still getting, you know, his invoices for his paychecks and stuff. And the guy had just completely stopped. So, um, I try to do as much as I can by myself. Um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Like I said, man, I'm super blessed right now. Like I, I, I don't have to worry about a lot. You know, um, I imagine if you're like doing, you know, a tattoo a day or multiple tattoos a day, or you're trying to run a shop, I, I can only assume that you would need a lot of help. Uh, but because of what I do, I'm, I'm super lucky that it, it isn't that big of an issue. Now that's not to say it couldn't run better. It obviously could because um, as you know, with the website stuff, I'm so swamped in work. I, I don't get shit done the way it needs to be done. 
you know, that's the other side of the coin. So it, it, yeah, it could definitely run better, but as of right now, no, I have no kind of assistance at all. Uh, uh, welcome, Melissa. Thanks for, uh, for joining. Hey guys. Uh, can't be on long because I got to finish getting ready for work and whatnot, but how's it going? Fantastic. Well, why don't you let us know what, uh, what you're up to? Any, uh, any projects or challenges or, uh... um, same old, same old, really. Uh, I've got a chess piece today, cover up I'm working on, um, did the other side last time, uh, excited to get going on the other side this time, um, you know, still painting, still doing, um, still taking a boatload of classes as usual. Nice. What, what uh, classes are you taking now? Um, so here a couple months back, uh, I took the tattoo business mastery from, uh, Matt Clemmer, oh, cool. um, and I'm kind of joining in on his new round of students and stuff. Cause I mean, that's, it's, it's a lot to unload, um, which is really cool. Um, and it's, it's a super tight knit community. Um, and, uh, definitely a lot of positivity coming from that. Um, cool. but other than that, I've got various other ongoing type things I check into and, and whatnot. Yeah, cool. And then, uh, I think I remember you took like a lot of the BYOB virtually, I think were you the, yeah. that was, you were like in almost everything you were like the, the uh, that was awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I tend to overdo, but it's helpful when there's not really like a, you know, if I can catch it live, awesome, um, which I did catch a lot of it live. Um, but at the same time, I knew there was some like overlap there. So I'm taking my time to kind of go back and, and check out the stuff that I missed too. Yeah, cool. Fun, fun. And uh, you're out now, you're also out in Oregon. Did you, did you say, did you say where the location of your studio was and how to get it? Oh, home um, yeah, I'm out in state in Oregon. Uh, it's just me and my shop. Um, you can get me on Instagram. It's uh, M-A-C underscore M-I-S-S-A. Um, I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm still super booked out, but it's, it's slowly whittling down. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm at the like six month mark right now, which is amazing because before it was like almost a year. Oof. And uh, that was a little too far for me, definitely. Yeah, you know, after three or four months, I, um, I'm always surprised that people um, look out longer than that. Um, but, you know, obviously a lot of people do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little interesting with all the, uh, all the wonderful, you know, sickness that's going around. Uh, it, it's, gosh, I've had probably, probably about 10 weeks where I've had to shift my schedule two or three times a week just because of everything around here. Mm -hmm. um, which has been difficult, but I've stayed on top of it for the most part. Good for you. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that's a whole nother beast all on its own, <laughs> like the schedule. That's the other thing that we were like weren't really covering too much is managing your schedule. You know what I mean? And like sticking to your appointments and sticking to your times. Like it's so easy to uh, get caught up and just go, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I already had something planned with my friends or I was already, you know, obligated to another, um, you know, another scenario or, or appointment or something like that. And you end up kind of missing things. So it's another one of those things where you have to kind of start implementing that idea the same way that you would talk to a person about your prices, the same way that you would manage your, your schedule too, you know, and that's, 
that's one of those things where it's a give and take. And a lot of times it is easier to have somebody buffer that for you. But if you can't do it yourself and the person that's handling it for you might take advantage of it as well. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a tricky scenario. Uh, with, <laughs> with that, I've learned to set some hard limits. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those like, nope, I, cool. So that's your day off. That's my day off too. Sorry. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I said too. I'm like, wow, no, no, that's my day off too. What do you know? I might see you out somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Beyond beer. That, it's, yeah. It's one of those don't overbook yourself, but some hard limits for sure. Absolutely, man. It's, it's a difficult one to, to achieve, to, to attain at first for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, especially being like a hungry artist, a hungry tattooer. You want, I, you want as much I've never as been able to attain it. It's hard, man. <laughs> that's, it's hard. that's my, that's, that's my, that's always been my problem, man. I, I've never, uh, yeah, I've, I have struggled my whole life to try to find that work-life balance, man. There's that, you know, there's that part of me that knows it's healthy. And then there's that other part of me that remembers what it's like to be homeless. And then I'm like, I'll just yeah. work. Yeah. Um, Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, uh, the, the family time the sacrifice, right? It's like yeah. when the kids is like, "Why are you going back to work?" And you know, all of a sudden it's like, "Yeah, okay, I mean, got to be worth it." The, <laughs> me being the primary caregiver has been the only thing that's even because I used to work seven days a week. Yeah. And yeah. then once I once you know I now that I have my kid, you know, most of the time I can only work basically when he's sleeping, you know, because he's six. So it's like mm -hmm. uh, if anybody has a six year old, you know, like you might have intentions to try to get some work done, but they demand your energy 24 seven. So um, that's been the closest thing I've had to a break, but I'll tell you, man, I've worked physical labor jobs and I've worked this job for, you know, damn near two decades and uh, uh, nothing exhausts me as much as my kids. So <laughs> that's, that's the hardest job by far. No doubt, man. That's uh, being a parent, definitely the hardest thing in the world. Man, my yeah. daughter's uh, off at college now, so it's like, oh, you know, I, I picked up the extra time, but, you know, at what cost? Man, but she comes back for the holidays. She'll be back. I'm going to go pick her up this, later this week. Nice. Right on. But pretty excited about that. But it, it, it was definitely a little bit of uh, an eye-opener. You know, again, when you're, when you're investing in yourself and your own business, it's one thing when you're investing in, like, other people. You know, it's got to be worth it, you know, because yeah. uh, otherwise you end up – you know, you, you know, if you just want to be a kind of a people pleaser or, or whatnot, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, investing your time in something that's, you know, not worth if sacrificing the family time for. No, definitely not, man. But on the other hand, uh, I, like I said, I go full out. I remember, a tattoo, sorry, just real quick. I remember a, one of the tattoo conventions uh, I was doing, you know, like an interview and something. I'm not like all that awesome and in doing interviews anyways or talking and um, you know, uh, one of the questions the guy was like, so, you know, you seem so like, you know, calm and relaxed. Like, how do you deal with this life work balance? I'm like, what makes you think I'm balanced? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never judge a book by its cover and all that. Uh, I have a great team. Everyone is pretty dialed in and we are actually doing great comparatively, you know. Uh, again, to your point, like, you know, uh, even in the wildest, craziest discomfort and stress, that's still, you know, way better than the alternative. So, um. yeah, absolutely, man. You could be sitting there totally in your thumbs and going crazy that way, too. You know what I mean? So that's what I always try to, like, tell people if they think that they're too busy. It's like, dude, you could be the exact opposite. You could be doing nothing at all and mm -hmm. freaking I, freaking out about an entirely different scenario that, that's what you know, i always so. tell people man it's like i've struggled on both sides and i know which struggle yeah. i prefer 
Exactly. Exactly, mm-hmm. man. It's like, what are you complaining about, dude? You're, you're, you're feeding yourself. You know what I mean? And I remember this. Um, you're not just feeding yourself, though, because if you're yeah. doing this, you better be passionate about it. And it's so no, exactly right. like people, yeah. people, people take for granted in this industry, uh, yes. especially because a lot of people who got into tattooing um, didn't really work a lot of real jobs first uh, right. yeah. nowadays. And it's like yeah. people take for granted, like nobody really gets how fucking hard it is to get up every single day of your life, yeah. you know, and yeah. go do something you absolutely hate. We and are so you up, fucking too. lucky. Yeah. We yeah. are so lucky that what we do for a living is something we're passionate about. Like, yeah. that's the dream, man. Like, you know, there's financial success, but as, as far as like, if you want to call it spiritual success or whatever, there's no better life than to be able to go do what you love every single day. And, and people who haven't had to experience the other side of that don't realize how lucky they are. You yeah. know, so like when, when people bitch about this, I'm, I always have to question their passion because mm-hmm. I'm fucking stoked every day, dude. Every day yeah. I'm fucking stoked. I get to get up and do something I love and take care of my kid and support him and myself doing something I'm about it. Like, you know, that, I've dreamt it out, man. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Yeah. You know, that, that's, like where every I was day. Going, that's where I was going with that is that the, the, the people that I tattooed, they ended up opening up their own restaurant and they were talking about that. And they're talking about that, what it went, what it, it came from where they were working to where they were following their passion. They like, they own some property. They like to go out and forge like local foods and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Do the whole like smaller kind of farm and table thing. And, but at first it was going to be hard. And they asked me like, well, you've been doing this for a while. Like, what would you say your idea of success is like, firstly, the idea of success is that you're already doing something that you want to do that other people might say you're fucking crazy for doing it. Like, why would yeah. you do that? That's well, the first know, the thing, thing is, is, is that you've broken through that veer, that veneer, you know, you've broken yeah. through that, that veil, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're, you're now in charge of your entire life. And it's fucking awesome because most of us don't even recognize that were, um, you know, captured or held hostage to a certain point yeah. by a job with benefits, by a job with like all these perks. And it's shit a false like sense of security. It's a false exactly, sense of security. Dude. If exactly. COVID has taught anybody anything, it's your job is fucking disposable. Dude, if yeah. somebody can yeah. do your job for less yeah. money than what you make, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. It, I mean, if you think about it, dude, if you put numbers on it, because try to assign a value to things, right? right? If you put numbers on it, if you're working a regular job, and you're sleeping eight hours a night, which I know most people, uh, at least artists, don't tend to do. But let's say yeah, you man. are. That gives you six hours a day that you're not at your job. And that's not yep. counting, you know, shitting, brushing your teeth, taking showers, eating breakfast, eating dinner. What do you get a day that's not your work? Three hours? Yeah, exactly. You know, man. it's like you better fucking do something you love. What a fucking yep. shit life. That's I, I, I tell people all the time when they, they tell me about how much they hate their jobs. I'm like, you hate your job. It's not a great career. Why not go try to do the thing you love? And a lot of times it's fucking heartbreaking. I, a lot of times I'll talk to these people and society's talked them out of it. I had, yeah. a, I had a lady in here who, who uh, um, I'm trying to get it out of her like the whole time. I'm like, what is it you want to do? I don't want you to laugh at me. I don't want you to laugh at me. And I said, first of all, it's your vision, not mine. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Science. It doesn't matter if I do laugh at you, but even if, but I'm not going to. But even if I did, it's not, it's not for me to see your vision. So don't let people talk you out of it. And secondly, if you're going to go do the thing, man, fucking go do it and take the chance. It, you can't tell me that if it fails, you can't go back and work a shitty job you hate. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the fucking risk there? I always tell people think it backwards. It's like people look at the, the top of the mountain from the bottom and they think it's an impossible hill, you know? And it's like, well, let's look at it backwards. If you took this risk 
Are you going to die? No. Okay. Exactly. Go back again. Are you going to be homeless? No. You know, and you start working it backwards and then all of a sudden it's like, shit, it ain't that big of a risk. And you know what mm-hmm. she wanted to do? She wanted to start a sticker company and was convinced it wouldn't make any money. My buddy has a sticker company in Southern California and they just cleared 3 million last year, five years after opening it. There it's you like, go, man. Yeah. You can make money doing anything, dude. Fucking the dude that made shake weight made $15 million and that thing was a fucking joke. There's yeah, a market yeah, no for anything out there. All you got to do is find your audience. Yep. It's the same way with us being painters, the same way with us being tattoo artists, you know what I mean? And then like all the attainable knowledge that we have now in this industry and everything like that. Like, how much do you want it? How bad do you want it? You know, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree with you completely. And I think part of the problem is that we have this, like you, you mentioned the word backwards, you know, these defining terms are, are backwards. You like the word failure, for example. You yeah. know what I mean? You fa- Everybody you thinks that you that's quit. such a negative concept. Yeah, exactly. And they, they think there's such a negative connotation tied to this word failure. But it, if anything, the word failure should actually mean education educating you know learning yeah. wisdom that's yeah. gained from this this term dude like but we're taught in, in like the societal standards like you're talking about the societal culture like you know we've been people on this earth for as long as what we determine is the amount of time we've been here that's the number one thing the other one is that like throughout that time there's been all kinds of cultural differences in societal standards that were oh, deemed yeah. okay at one point in time versus now so why does that even fucking matter why does yep. it even matter if that's the truth behind the fact? And why does that even matter on what the society that we live in now thinks about what it is you actually want to do, you know, but it's hard for us as people, because a lot of us struggle with this idea that we're being viewed, we're being judged and stuff like that. And that's, a, that's an internal. Yeah. Conflict, I'm just you know like, I mean? that's all ego. That's all yeah, ego. entirely, you know, don't have such a fucking fragile ego, man. Yes, exactly. Like, no, like yeah. when, you know, it's like, dude, my own art teacher told me to quit doing art. You know, yep. like, uh, and, yeah. and, and, you know, back when I was in school, cause I'm a little bit older back when I was in school, what did the teacher make 27 grand a year? Like a mm-hmm. shitty artist can make 27 grand a year, dude. You know, Absolutely. it's like, like, again, it wasn't her vision, you know, yep. it yep. wasn't her vision. I just never gave up. But the, the thing is, is there's a lot of, a lot of problems with today's society because everything is like, you know, I want it 10 minutes ago and, it, and you can never hope to attain a masterful level of skill overnight. It's not going to happen. No. And you're not going to get paid what you want to make until you have a certain level of skill to do the job. And yep. so society tells us if we don't make it by the time we're 25, 26, like Mark Zuckerberg or something like that, it ain't going to happen. But if you look at statistically, most people don't make it till they're in their mid forties. It's not because they were lazy. It's because it took them fucking two decades to get good enough at the thing they do to make money at it. Yep. And it, I, I think like a lot of kids just need to be taught that, that like, hey, there's money in whatever you want to do, but it's going to take you a while to get good enough at it. Don't jump around and do 50 different things for a month hoping to get rich because you're never going to find the thing you're passionate about. Put 110 percent of your energy into it. Sacrifice a couple decades of your life to live the rest of your life more comfortable than you ever thought and make things more comfortable for the people you love and care about and the, your future generations yep. and then try to give back. Instead of, oh, you didn't make it by the time you're 20, just give up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Actually, uh, I've been talking to our kid about he's 18. He hates the job he's at. And I'm like, then show some initiative and figure out what you want to do in life and start moving toward it, dude. Yeah, I, I tell my kid, man, my kid's only six. I tell him already. I, I just tell him, like, school is set up with a system of it'll push you through. No kid left behind, right? It's, a, it's an attendance award. So I tell him, like, figure out what you're passionate about, buddy. Figure it out. That's what you do while you're in school. You have eight hours a day, 18 years, fucking sit down, 
and figure out what you want to do with your life. And if you, uh, so there's a, um, an entrepreneur turned motivational speaker that a lot of people know named Gary Vee. I don't agree with a lot of what he says, uh, but yeah. this, this, this does, this does make sense. What he did was he read books about what he wanted to do when he got out of high school. So for four years, he read books. He averaged a book a month that put him at 48 books after four years that made him the top specialist in his field because statistically most specialists read 10 to 12 books in their field. He read 48. Imagine if kids started applying that amount of time they have eight hours a day where they don't have any responsibilities, no job, no nothing. And they could just study what they were passionate about. And you go, well, kids aren't going to do that. They fucking will. If they're passionate about it, my kid is already learning. My kid's six years old and he's already learning how to code because he's obsessed with modding video games. And it's like, he's starting to figure out what he's passionate about. If he continues to stay passionate about that, you don't think he's not going to keep fucking doodling that? Look at all of us, man. How many of us sat in school and just drew in our notebooks, whether it meant attention or getting cracked on the ass or whatever? If you're passionate about it, you'll if you fucking keep, do it, man. If he keeps at it for two years, I'll hire him. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's what I mean. There if you you're passionate about it, you'll fucking you'll you'll stick with it. That nobody stresses. Figure out what you're passionate about. They all say follow your dream, but nobody really gives you any context to that. What's your dream? It should be the thing that you want to do more than anything else and that nobody could take it away from you. And then on top of that, it should be the thing that you're willing to give up any bad influence in your life to do. You should be able to look at it it and go, Mm -hmm. man, I don't want to go get drunk tonight because that's going to fuck me up for this drawing I want to do. You it's know, gonna take it, time away from me painting or take yeah, time away from when, me doing this drawing. Absolutely when you find is. what you're passionate about, it'll yep. keep you out of nefarious shit. Dude, I grew up, yes. I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. names, but my one of my closest friends growing up was the, his brother was the biggest coke dealer in northeastern Ohio, man. I grew up around gangbangers, all kinds of shit. I never got wrapped in that shit, even though I could have. You know, dudes mm. would have brought me in. I could have done any of that shit because we were tight. But I looked at it all like, no, I'm gonna be an artist, man. And if I do any of this shit, I might get pinched. I might have to do time. I'm not gonna be an artist. This is my thing. If you find what you're passionate about, you won't get caught up in negative shit. Mm-hmm. You'll want to do better for yourself because it's your dream. But these kids aren't taught how to find their dream and they're not taught how to make goals. Because you I say, agree. Like, I, I want to be one of the biggest mm-hmm. tattooists in the world. Say that's your dream. Okay, you have a dream, but what are your fucking goals? Yeah, you got exactly. You got to break that down there? into manageable. Yeah, you got to break that down into manageable steps because you're never going to stick with it if you're always just looking at the top of the mountain. You just got to look at like, how do I take that next step? Because if I take enough next steps, I'll reach the top. But these yeah, man, kids, it, they're not they're not being taught the skill set to sit down, find a goal and then make reachable goals within that. That's just something that's not being taught to these kids. They're taught an archaic method of education that makes you geared to be a factory worker. And that's that's an outdated system because there's no fucking factory jobs. You graduate from one step doing the same step the next fucking year for the same reason, dude, to obtain like that grade, mm-hmm. le- that uh, accurate letter, right? Yeah, that it's, sh- yeah, it's short term like, memorization. What yeah, in fucking life works if through short term memorization? I agree remember, remember this for a week, forget it and learn something else. You don't yep. get a fucking skill set doing that. There's Nothing. no skills involved there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. It, it's it's not source specific. The schools that do source specific things, you know what I mean, or, or real life kind of scenarios and stuff like that. It's like too expensive for most of us to even be able to afford. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. it's unfortunate because like it's I, like I just found out schools like that exist, and I'm like, what? This should be yeah. open to everybody. <laughs> I agree. They, you know, yeah. they've they've identified seven different ways that people learn. The yep. short term memorization that public schools teach only applies to two percent of kids. And you go back to what Einstein said. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the exact quote, but even a fish is stupid if you judge it by how it climbs a tree. If these kids could be fucking geniuses, but they're told they're dumb because they can't remember shit that they read in a book. 
Yeah, that's, that's yeah, bullshit, that, man. You're yeah, setting so, kids up for failure. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, man. I agree with yeah. you completely. And so, uh, uh, sorry, we've got some uh, questions here in the chat room. Uh, Amy is asking, uh, how do you present your your flash that you would like to do without make without putting it out publicly for anyone to snag? Mm. And, uh, you don't. You don't. Yeah. You, 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 exactly. you have to be open to the fact that your if your shit is publicly available, it's going to be stolen. What you need to do, and you know, I know this sounds stupid, but what you need to do is do it better than they can, mm-hmm. because exactly. good artists aren't going to rip off your shit. It's going to be you know, mediocre to shitty artist. So if your skill set's better than theirs, even if they rip it off, it's going to look like crap and yours is still going to shine. Uh, that's the give and take of, of the internet, man. You're going to put it out there. You're going to reach an audience you've never had the potential to reach before. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also going to allow people to steal your shit. I, I've yeah. had people print out my tattoos. I'm not even going to say the artist's name, but uh, yeah. we had a big thing because he, he printed out my tattoo and made a stencil of it because he's so fucking stupid that it, there's obviously distortion because it wrapped around the body. So he was distorted. He was tattooing a distorted image on another completely different shaped body part. And it just looked bulky as shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, the harder part is finding is doing art good enough that people actually want to rip off a little bit. Buffy. I, I, I do have a, uh, <laughs> or I, I got two, I got two things uh, when the floor comes back to me to, to say on this matter, I just don't want to forget them. <laughs> Just go. Okay, well, so yeah. the first thing is that you can always copy the last thing. You can't actually copy the next thing, and uh, you know, you should, hopefully, you're you're you know fine tuning everything towards progress. Um, and then the uh, actually, what was the other thing about? Um, oh, oh, there was a, a a story that I remember. Uh, it was one of the Paradise Tattoo gatherings, and uh, Adrian Lee was there. I'm going to fire up his work because he's fucking out of control, and. Um, I think he brought his, his bodies, blood work bodies, maybe. And um, anyway, so, so he was there and, there and through the course of the, of the convention, there was another tattooer who was, I was talking to, who was um, Adrian Lee tattoo. Everyone know Adrian Lee? Anybody say, tell us whether you know Adrian Lee in the uh, chat room or not, because you definitely should, but it'd be interesting to know. Um, if you don't, you got to find out right now, right? You got to find out right now. I'm about to fire him up here. Yeah. Um, but so th- then there was another tattooer that I was chatting with who had a, you know, an idea for a sleeve design. And he didn't want to put it out because he didn't want anybody to take it, right? Um, fair enough. Okay, how do I get to uh, some of the stuff here, right? Um, well, just go into the Instagram. Fuck it. Um, and so, like the the tattooer, and it was a pretty well known tattooer. Does a lot of great, really good work, exceptional work. And again, I'm sure the design was 100% really unique, and he really didn't want it to be ripped off. Um, but I was just thinking, it was amazing because he was talking about like trying to find a client and and having a you know a, not a hard time, but he wasn't having an easy time. And um, I was thinking, it's amazing because I was just talking with Adrian Lee, who was talking about how when he was doing his paintings and putting out these body suits, um, he would do that back piece 10 times, right? Different versions of it, but it's all inspired by that piece of artwork that he put out there. So I'm like, oh my God, this is actually this lesson right here in a nutshell. We've got Adrian doing what he wants 10 times on clients with different variations and flavors. And another artist is trying to figure out, still trying to figure out how to get out that sleeve idea um, but he doesn't want anybody else to take it. So he or she didn't want anybody else to take it. So um, that kind of goes in. into that kind of goes into what I was going to say next was uh, 
find your voice. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like, cause everybody's there. The first question you get asked is, you know, how do I develop a style? How do I get to develop, develop my style, but find your voice, man, because nobody has the same voice as you. Everything will look like a copy of you. If you have a distinct style and a distinct flavor to what you do, and then it isn't going to matter. Cause even if they're proficient, it, it isn't their voice. So it's never going to look as authentic as yours does. And that stuff reads through to people, man, just like confidence in your strokes or your needle marks or whatever, that stuff reads through. If you, if you lack confidence in what you do, people will see that it's the same thing. If it's not an authentic voice, you know, it's like doing an accent, like it is never going to be as good as the real thing. So if you find your voice, then let people fucking steal it. It's only going to draw people back to you eventually. I agree with that completely. I talk about that quite a bit, man. It's like, you have to just fumble through the process, right? Even if you're, you're not sure which direction it is you're going, you have to start somewhere and you have to just start fumbling through it. And yeah, listen you to your gut. Back, yeah, so listen to your gut, sitting back, looking at your pieces. Yeah. Of the don't, don't, let, don't let people dictate what you should or shouldn't do. I've been told since day one that my style was whack or I wasn't uh, following the rules and stuff like that, which you know, I, I do. I, I'm a big advocate of the rules. But, you know, just because my stuff looked different than other people's stuff, I was told I was doing it wrong. But, right. you know, look at where it got me versus a lot of those guys are still working at street shops wishing they could do, you know, work like I do. It, it, find your voice and that'll be it'll be more fulfilling to you anyways. Even if somebody does steal it, it isn't even going to get into your skin anymore because it's going to be so fulfilling that what you want to say to the world is being said that a lot of the other shit just blurs into the background. Yeah. I'm going to share one more thing here with uh, Adrian Lee because he's fucking out of control. This is, uh, he, he's always kind of been on the forefront of like documentation too. And uh, this is fun. Uh, it's got like 360 yeah. views of people here. That's cool, man. Uh, That's super cool. Okay, enough of that. Um, so hopefully, uh, Amy, that, uh, hopefully that answered your question. I imagine it did. It's uh, or at least a couple of opinions. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta be willing to risk it and put it so, out there. Amy, you want to put up a, a link to your uh, Instagram in the chat room so we could uh, check out your work and give you a follow, not for any harsh critique or anything. Anybody's welcome to. Actually, I guess it's just an open call if anybody in the chat room wants to uh, drop out their Instagram. Yeah. yeah so go. there's there's something that I, I kind of want to say about the finding your voice thing, like. Um, Having, having an authentic style that's just yours should be the goal, but don't misinterpret that as in like you shouldn't emulate other artists as well. Cause I think, I think our styles are an amalgamation of the artists we admire, you know, like oh let's say, let's say, let's say you and me, Gabe, we both like uh, say, I don't know, Richard Schmidt, right? Okay. I might like his control of value and you might like um, his color usage. We, we're going to pick two different things from him and incorporate that into our style. If you really want to try to find your voice, look at as many artists as you can in as many different styles, not just the style you want to do and figure out what it is about them that you like and try to work that into your style. And eventually you'll have so many different influences that it is your style. Nobody will be like, oh, that person's painting like Sargent or that person's tattooing like Nico. They'll, they'll, you'll have so many different influences from so many different people that it, it that is your style and what you did is you just you educated yourself on what you did and didn't like in your storytelling through your piece 
and you incorporated that and that became your style. So uh, don't misinterpret what I said is like you shouldn't deign to tattoo or, or paint or draw like somebody else. You should, but just realize that you don't want to be a copycat of them. You want to learn from them and incorporate that into your already, you know, melting pot of ideas and concepts that you've already developed. Well, so. I'll also uh, add to that, you know, when you are like sitting there going, man, I don't have a style, man, I don't have a style. What, you know, where is this at? Don't try to find a style. Let it find you. Um, yeah. You know, if you're sitting there fighting with yourself, you're not going to be any closer to finding what it is for you. Um, you know, when you do hit that point, it's like this, you just get this eureka like, hey, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and sometimes it'll change from that and that's okay too. Just don't set out looking for your style, set out trying different things and understanding what you like. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing to kind of expand on is um, don't be afraid to let your style evolve because there's a big problem where guys get stale because they're so known for doing thing A but they've moved on. They've maybe 10 years down the road, they're mentally different. They're in a different place spiritually. They're, they're, they're completely different people. And now they feel like they're shoehorned. Don't let that happen because you will lose the passion for what you do. Allow yourself to evolve. And yeah, you may lose a certain amount of clients, but you're going to gain this whole new set of clients and you're going to be back to doing this new thing that you love and want to explore. Don't ever feel like you're stuck doing one thing because that's what everybody knows you for. Yeah. The other I think it's really good. Uh, don't get, don't get comfortable. Right. And try to keep yourself in yeah, that, that yeah. real sweet spot where you're like uncomfortable, but you're pretty sure that you can accomplish something when it comes to yeah. tattooing, especially right. Painting, yeah. drawing, go up balls of the wall. I, a wall, go crazy. Close your eyes when you're painting. Who cares, man? Do what you want to do. Right. But when it comes to tattooing, you want to have a little bit more uh, assured, assuredness. Yeah. I, I, I try to go, I try to go 80, 20 with it. Right. 80 for 80 percent, 80 percent of what I know is tried and true. 20 yep. percent of like, I'm going to try this thing out. And yep. then that way, if that 20 percent doesn't work out, nobody other than me is going to know. And yeah, then yeah. if it does work out, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude, I just figured this thing out. I'm <laughs> going to do that every thing. time now. Yeah. Just leveled up. Uh, I think the other thing that you can do as far as finding your style, too, is, is opening yourself up to uh, constructive criticism. Uh, yes. You know, don't be afraid to take your portfolio into somebody that you look up to, especially somebody that you never thought you'd be in the same room with, man, and go, yeah. all right, dude, yep. here's my stuff. What's your honest opinion on this? You know and I mean? and don't be, don't be afraid to be treated like shit, because unfortunately, yeah. you're, you're going to run into a lot of egos. Like the, yeah. the very first portfolio, one of the very first portfolio critiques I got, and I'm not going to say the name again, but um, <laughs> I took it up to a guy who was kind of known for being an ass at the time. I don't know about now. I don't really keep track, but. I showed him my portfolio and I said, Hey man, you know, I want to see what you think, blah, blah, blah. He flipped through it for about 15 seconds and then threw it on the ground. And then he said, I was aiming for the trash can. It's not even worth picking up and putting it in there. Good God. So uh, moral of the story, don't be afraid of shitty critiques. Don't let that put you off of getting more critiques because you're going to run into that guy who's going to give you a little nugget. And then you're going to run into that other guy who's going to give you another little nugget. And don't just listen to the positive and don't, defend your moves if you're asking for a critique just shut up let them say what they got to say even if you disagree with it because the worst yeah. thing ever is when somebody says oh you know i i think that you know your shading's a little choppy well i like it choppy okay well i think that your values are off well i did that on purpose well i think that you know your your color theory isn't very strong well i i just like throwing crazy colors around 
It's like, well, you do, you don't want to hear what I have to say, man. You just wanted me to give you, you're going to say that one thing I say where, cause I'm trying to do the compliment sandwich where I say, Hey, your line works pretty solid. That's the only thing you're going to get out of this. You're going to tell all your friends that so-and-so said my line work is solid, it, you know? And it's like, that's not a good way to take a critique. If somebody's going to yeah. take time out of their day to try to give you knowledge, be willing to accept it. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't yeah, want that person's knowledge, don't ask for it. Yeah, for sure, man. Be in the moment, accept the things. Like sometimes the most, uh, oh, man, what the resourceful things are the negative comments, like you said, for sure. Because that's what that's the whole reason that you're there in the first place is to ask for those pointers. Like, and that's yeah. what they're going to tell you, and it's going to be obvious to you and to other people if they if they say it and they haven't even met you, right? So, like, it's definitely something that you've already known you have to change, and if they point it out, then definitely time to fucking change it, man. You know, uh, and then definitely try to be in the moment for sure. Like, don't, yeah, don't if take you, somebody's if you advice and, and try to defend yourself, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, yeah. you already put yourself in that position. Stay open. Let it fucking flow, dude. And, like, see what happens, you know? Like, I yeah. it, even, even if you're like, hey, man, I think my anatomy is strong. If you go to 10 artists and five of them tell you your anatomy's whack, yeah, your anatomy's whack. You need <laughs> yeah, to reevaluate <laughs> how strong your anatomy is, man. So, yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> don't 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 just think because people say, oh, you draw really good hands. You may not draw really good hands. You right. know, if 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 every artist you look up to says your hands are are wonky, then you don't draw good hands. You know, so that, be open to that shit, yeah. man. That's a, that's a pet peeve of mine uh, with some tattooers too. They're like, well, the client was happy, and yeah, I was exactly. like, well, I not for nothing, but the client can't fucking imagine or know what's possible. Like, what the fuck are you thinking yeah. with that tattoo? I, I mean, I'm glad yeah. the client was happy. But like, yeah, you know. just because just because you were the best artist in your high school class doesn't mean you're a good artist. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the easiest way to get around that is purposely put yourself in a room with guys that smoke you and don't be afraid to look like an idiot, man. When I was in school, uh, I, went, I went to I went to a really, really amazing art school for a couple of years, a few years back. I was literally the worst guy in the school when I started there. That's not no hyperbole. Like I sucked. Uh, you know, people thought that I stole my sketchbook because what I was doing in class was so terrible compared to what was in my sketchbook. But I was there to learn a new process, a better process, learn fundamentals that I never developed being self-taught. And so the stuff I was practicing, I was terrible at. Don't be afraid for people to look at you. And, you know, like one thing I hate when I go to life drawing classes, man, is all these guys, they'll draw and they like hover over their board so nobody can see what they're drawing. And then as soon as the model gets up, they fold their book over. And it's like, leave it open, you know, because yeah. somebody's going to walk by and have a conversation with you and you might learn something. Don't be afraid to suck. We all fucking suck until we don't. Uh, speaking, and, and, speaking of, uh, Kyle's joined us. Uh, 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 it was, oh, uh, why would you throw him in on that? We all suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually, it was amazing at the, uh, at the BYOB, there was uh, one of the last panels, uh, one of the tattooers, you know, stood up and, you know, they had uh, flown up from Florida, I think. And they were like, you know, I'm the least experienced uh, person in the room. And I, it was amazing for me because I was like behind the camera. So I was like pointing the camera at her and just I saw Kyle raise his hand in the background. And he's like, actually, I'm, I'm just an apprentice. I'm apprentice hopeful. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. She like pause, correct herself. She's like, well, I'm the least amount of experienced person with any experience and then moved on. <laughs> But uh, well, it's, it's awesome. Kyle really puts himself in a in a in a good spot to be in a room with with great people, and it's um yeah, it's, it's that's fun. awesome. Kyle. Nobody nobody that's should awesome. be ashamed. Nobody should be ashamed ashamed to not be good because everybody started out not good. To be yeah. in a room where you're the worst guy there, you should be proud of that because that you've 
you fucking manned up and stepped into a room where you know you're the worst guy in the room. Yeah. Be proud of that shit. You're yeah. taking the steps to get better. You've already gone past 90% of your competition. I mean, that's yeah. a fucking bragging right because 90% of the people that are going to make fun of you for being the worst guy in the room, they didn't have the balls to go learn. So they're right. never going to progress. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. You just can't crack under the pressure. No, no. <laughs> uh, just, just know that, you know, you know, I, I, I always tell people like, even if you're considered good at what you do, don't be afraid to give up your current proficiency to learn a better proficiency. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was not doing bad when I went to school. I, you know, like a lot of people were like, why are you going to school? You're already making, you know, this much money and da, 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 da. And, 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 you know, it was like, because I knew that I had more gas in the tank. I just didn't have the skills to pull it out, you know? So I did, I had to give up what I was already, you know, okay at doing to learn a way to do something better. Don't be afraid to do that, you know, because even if, even if you're decent at what you do, strive to do better and strive to find people who have filtered down this information into a more effective way to do it. Should, I, should we maybe uh, uh, last topic, maybe do a round of like, I don't know, books or uh, it seems like every, I think almost everybody here might be a reader. Melissa, you, you've taken a lot of courses or read, read a ton of books. You have any, uh, um, any recent ones that? Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, I just put you right on the spot too, the sorry spot. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, wait, Kyle's the apprentice hopeful. What have you read lately? Jeez, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to grab it off the shelf to you remember. Well, you're like reinventing the tattoo, like, not uh, yeah. Huck's <laughs> <laughs> Spalding tattooing A to Z. Anybody remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, remember I, went that to, I went to uh, Spalding and Rogers not two weeks ago. Uh, Costi, really? yeah, Costi, yeah, oh, yeah, it still exists. Uh, Costi from uh, Romania came over and uh, he was he, he drove up from New York City and uh, I drove out from here and met him out there. It was awesome. That's Brad. But no, I mean, imagine I this. So, so Kyle's, you know, uh, has the opportunity now to work with a guy, you know, is getting coaching awesome. from him, you know, once a week, um, is moving over the, you know, helping us uh, admin with reinventing with all the videos yep. and all the images. And um, to, to your point, Cecil, uh, you know, at this point, if Kyle doesn't become a super fucking tattooer, everyone's going to be like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Yeah, man. And reach out to people, dude. Like, dude, even. I, I send out, I, no joke, I send out probably 30 emails a month to people I have no business talking to. But I swear, man, like every once in a while, somebody will hit me back. One of my heroes uh, kind of come from the same hood as me. It was Steve Harvey. You know, I never thought that dude's worth $460 million, busiest guy I've ever seen. And he reached back to me, you know, uh, I, I, uh, different artists that I admire, I'll reach out to, like reach out to people, man, try to get their input especially because you're young. Like when you get older, it kind of becomes creepy. They're like, well, why is this dude fucking, but when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're young, when you're young, like people, people who have gotten to where you want to get want to help. They're not stingy. People think they are, but I tell you, they're not, man. Reach out to people, get information. Don't be afraid. And so what if you message a hundred people and only two respond, those two people could change your fucking career. Right. You know, don't yeah. be afraid to do that shit. Yeah. Uh, reaching out is, terrifying and exhilarating at the same time um yeah. I've reached I, out I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why people think it's terrifying I'm not I'm not trying to be condescending I, I'm just serious well, like what, what is it's terrifying for me because I'm super shy so uh yeah but the thing, the thing knows is, is this. they either he, 
been around for the full you know, beginning all... of reinventing and stuff. I barely talked before. But but they're just going to either ignore you or at worst tell you that they don't have time to talk. I mean, I, it's not like they're coming over and smacking your mom. You know? that's, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying, though, is that, you yeah. know, if you're shy, it's going to be terrifying. Shy is it like, right, it's practice, you know, a lot yeah. of it's yeah. practice. Yeah. And uh, one of the other things is like, you know, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them, right? Like, so if you're, and not, I'm not saying you do, because obviously you're here and you, I mean, we're all here uh we're not fucking actors we're all you know people doing stuff that happen to get on the camera cecil you're you're kind of natural at this shit it seems <laughs> but uh you know uh, you, i mean i always, i had to learn it out of necessity it's like either i have to get a real job or i have to figure out how to make this work and um you know but i guess the point is you know you're only as shy as you really fight to keep yourself right and um that's not to say yeah. that you know any of us have to turn into like extroverts that you know thoroughly enjoy the spotlight and do you know stand up comedy or nothing. But um, on the other hand, you're, you know you're less shy than you were, and eventually maybe you won't be shy. <laughs> yeah, I, I consider myself very much so on the shy side, and it's like I made it an attempt. You know, like at least once a month, I'll go and visit a shop and be like, "Hey, you know, this is just what I do. This is my work. Just wanted to show off." And it's like, even if I show up and they're not there. That hey, I still showed up, you know. Yeah, man, and that that'll wear down that yeah. that tendency to be afraid to do it. Eventually, it'll just become yeah. part of your routine. That's how we build habits, you know. And that's yeah. that's the one of the biggest keys to success is building a habit. Uh, here's this here's, uh, here's a good tool, real quick. Uh, if you if you want to get over, one of the ways to help get over uh, fears like this or attitudes like this, just for like the next week, ask anybody that you're checking out for a ten percent discount. Or twenty yeah. percent discount, right? You want to ask oh, yeah, something seen, small, a video simple. On that. You know, you just get nose all the time, or you get ten percent off. But it's like doesn't really make a difference. There's no, no nothing, right? And um, there's no end goal. It's just the fact that you're doing something out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. And like putting yourself on the spot, and the possibility of somebody being like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you put yourself into that scenario, though, for sure. And I always say, and then like, you realize the world's not going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Yeah, you can breathe, right? You can like let that sweat subdue into your shirt instead of just profusely coming out. But like, uh, I always say, like, what we focus on is what becomes our reality. You know, yeah. Um, if yeah. you're if you're entirely yep. focused on on this negative shit about yourself all the time, I'm not good enough. Um, I can't do it. You know what I mean? That you're already yeah, so, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, exactly. The, the world already does that enough for us, right? Like Look. it already kicks the shit out of us entirely. Why are you gonna do it to yourself too? You know what I mean? Like, what's yep. the point? There's no point of that. So the only thing you can do is the exact opposite, dude. And just be like, you're going to focus on this, this uh, positive outcome or, or even if it's potentially like that, that word again, failure, right? Like you're still doing something out, uh, out of the ordinary for yourself. And it's, uh, it's important to, to keep focus on that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. it. hundred percent, man. I mean, the, the thing is, is we're beat down by negative every day, whether it's in, whether time. it's subconscious or not. And yeah. you, you are, I mean, we all know the saying, you are what you surround yourself with. You surround yourself with losers, you're going to be a loser. So yeah. the thing is, is like, if you surround yourself with negative, you're going to eventually be negative, man. You know, that's like, uh, I, I, one of the things I did to come up with my plan was I took 10 people I looked up to in all different walks of life, but just people that I had defined as both personal and financial success. And I put them all in a room and I said, what did these 10 people do that they all had in common? You know, and, and some of it seems ridiculous to me. But I do it because they did it. And I'm like, if all these people did it, there's a reason behind it, you know? So, you know, I have my vision board. I do positive affirmations every morning with my son. Like, 
because I think a lot of it is just combating the negative. I think that's what a lot of it comes down to, you know, like having a vision board ain't going to make your dreams come true, but every day you're looking at your dreams. You're not looking at failure. You know, yes, you're writing, you're writing your list of things that you want to accomplish and reading it all the time. It might seem foolish, but what you're doing is you're building habits. You're building a positive mindset to combat the fucking negative reality that we live in because people are just fucking negative. Anytime somebody doesn't achieve what they wanted in life, they become negative people and they try to spill that over onto you. You got to yeah. fight that shit. You got to, if yeah. you get 10 negative things said to you, you better find a way to, to hear 15 positive things. And when yeah. you do, you just start looking at life and all this stuff sounds stupid, especially when you're young, I would have thought this stuff sounded stupid, but as you get yeah. older, you start to realize how much truth there is to this shit. Entirely, man. I agree with you completely. Oh, yeah. And it, as an artist, the people that are watching that are artists, I mean, you can understand it. And it's a very real tangible thing. When you first start out, you suck so bad. You know what I mean? But you try so hard. You keep trying to keep trying. Eventually it starts becoming this mindset that like you realize that what it was missing at first was this, this, this perception, this conceived perception of what it is that you're actually trying to create. You're not trying to create a picture. You know what I mean? You're just trying to create an illusion of a picture. You know what I mean? Yep, and once yep. you wrap your head around that, the door opens up in so many different ways once you perceive that as real, right? So like, it's the same thing as what you're saying, these words, these affirmations and things like that, they're very real things that they take an effect on our life for sure, man, for sure. Especially our business, especially our work. Get out of your own head, yeah, get out of your own way, right? Yeah, in a way you're, you're, in a way you're uh, brainwashing yourself, you know, in the best way possible, you're brainwashing yourself, you know? Uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I, I learned this years ago and I do it and, uh, you know, write a list of the things that you want to achieve and not just like 10 things, like literally like 300 things, write a fucking list of 300 things. And it's going to take you a while because you're going to do 20, 30, 40 of them. And then you're going to start running out of shit, but be as specific as you can, like exactly what you want to achieve and then read it every fucking day. And that sounds stupid, but it'll take you five minutes, man. I do it every day, read it every day. And then at the end of the year, if you started on January or July 1st, July 1st, the next year, go through and mark off all the things you achieved. And you will be surprised at how much shit you managed to accomplish just because you brainwashed yourself like that. Yeah. And then and then write down your list again, you know, fill those spots back in and see what more you can achieve. Dude, I, I've, I've reached a level in my career I never would have dreamed of as a kid. And one of the things on my list was to start a scholarship. And I'm in the beginning stages of being able to start a scholarship for kids that came up like me. Like, I firmly believe the only reason that happened is because every fucking day I stare at that. And and again, it might sound stupid, but hey, what do you got to lose? You know, all these people who might listen to this and think, oh, that sounds dumb. I'm not going to do that. What do you got to lose? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, what did it cost you? You know, just fucking give it a try. Yeah, at least you're doing something, right? At least you're fucking yeah, going yeah. in a direction, dude. You're not just floating around in space, man, just taking up fucking space yep. and, and doing nothing good for your, your community, for, for yourself, for the people that care about you, for the people that are have interest in you and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree with you completely, Cecil. I think that's fucking awesome, man. And congratulations on the scholarship, dude. I think that's an amazing thing. Thanks, man. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. My next big step, it'll be it'll be a little bit more down the road because it's a lot more expensive to do. But my next step is to start a mentor camp for kids and be able to bring in a family you know families into a building that i you know own on some property i own and like Mm -hmm. get together all these people that i've met through my life that have done well and try to mentor these kids and you know hopefully give them a leg up so they can get out of the the areas where you know places like i grew up when they're younger and not have to wait till they're older like me yeah dude that's awesome man i get a jet guys 
uh it's been awesome thanks for the invite up Yo, yeah thanks for uh, for joining we probably uh, have about another five minutes maybe before uh we should all wrap it up good to see you melissa yeah melissa you want to let everybody know, uh, wrap up let uh, do the last contact let everybody know what you like to do and uh, you know how to do this Sure. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. It's the most up-to-date um, M-A-C underscore M-I-S-S-A. Love doing cover-ups, gothic, fantasy, um, black and gray or color. Um, I just have fun, you know. Uh, so I'm out in state in Oregon. If you're out that way, you know, send a message. Say, hey, what's up? Um, awesome. Have a good day, guys. Cheers. Peace. I, uh, I am going to close out. I'll close out the show with. Uh, I got. I'm going to demo some uh, some new website stuff. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to record it. I'm going to produce it a little bit better. I've been working on interactive videos. Um, I've got a whole couple of, of new new tools, but uh, it's like choose your own adventure videos, and um, it's pretty cool. It includes links, so like you could. Uh, like uh, point to the painting here and then it'll link. And then when you click on it, it goes to the, you know, to the buy now button for it. It's pretty That's cool. That's awesome. I love those books as a kid, man. Those, those uh, choose your adventure books. <laughs> you know, I, I met the, I met the author. I met the family that, uh, that offer, uh, authored, was it Ray somebody maybe? Who, who, uh, I can't remember. I, can't, I don't recall the name, but you met him though? I did. Yeah. He was up in uh, Vermont uh, and it was, it was like him and then his wife, you know, wrote a bunch and then his kids wrote a bunch. It was like, as soon as I got that, you know, I mean, as we all probably experienced of that age, you know, as soon as they caught on, it was like a million of them. Yeah. Dude. They were so awesome. Classics. Yeah. Journey under the sea. Holy shit. I'm going to screen share this just because anybody is going to crap their pants if they remember this stuff. Journey under yeah. the sea. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, R.A. Montgomery. Yeah, I met that guy. That was amazing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, some of the very, I mean, uh, like tactile video games, right? But, uh, but yeah, so these, uh, well, fuck it. Are, are you, uh, are we screen sharing? What are we screen sharing? Let's see here. I'm going to go to Tattoo now and I'll, I'll show it to you. What the fuck? Can you see this? Can you, are you, are you looking at Tattoo now now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um, so it's this video player here. It's all loading up a million things here. Is it? Why, why, why would you do this to me? Oh yeah, let me get it loaded up here, and I'll uh, I'll show. It. Oh, now it's there. Okay, so I'm gonna refresh it just so we can start from uh, start here. Okay, click to unmute. Welcome to Tattoo Now. My name is Gabe Ripley, and since the mid-90s, so for a few decades, I have been focused and dedicated to helping connect tattoo artists and enthusiasts. I do this through technology, using websites and all sorts of oh, other cool click for art. computer geeky tools. Nice, computer dude. Geeky. I don't know if the focus will work. Um, I'm just going to do that, boom, all of a sudden right here at the, at the Buy Now page for the piece of artwork. Um, as well as businessy uh, tools and inspirational events and educational and educational efforts. So if uh, you're a tattooer, then click on the buttons down here. And if you are a collector, then click on the other one. And yeah, then we can make sure that, well, yeah, I, I can help you uh, whichever way I need to. Uh -huh. And this is just the, uh, 
the rough. So like I, I stayed up late one night making sure. this as a rough, and then uh, I've been working on the, the next one. But then each of the ends, boom, are you a tattooer or collector? Radical. Boom. Okay, tattooers. I love helping you. And then uh, we'll skip through most of this. People can explore it. But then if you go to the end here. Whichever thing it is that you want to talk about. It's going to. And then all of a sudden, boom. Uh, we can talk about business, technology, events, education, uh, awesome. new stuff. I'll just one more. I love talking tech. I have, ah, look at that shit. Isn't that cool? Me. Okay. Um, <laughs> And so it's like all these experiences, right? Like, like I said, I'm a computer programmer, so I like programming computers and video games, but stuff like this, it's like able to like program logic and assets that are like real life videos and stuff. It's really cool. Anyways. I That's think it's I awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and you know, I was imagining, you know, obviously you're already uh, insanely busy, but like, uh, you know, figuring a way to get your paintings or stories, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, combine the, the storytelling nature of it, um, you know, with your artwork and you all, you have products already for most of your artwork, you have the prints and, and whatnot. So it's, um, well, I don't know. Like I said, mostly it's a, it's a fun uh, addition to the uh, arsenal of tools that we've got going for, uh, yeah. for websites. I like anything that makes it more interactive for the people visiting it because they're more likely to stay and look and have a better experience. Hundred percent. Well, I mean, it's this in this case, it's basically like a half hour's worth of video, um, mm -hmm. like two to four minutes at a time. However, you want to click mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think I'm going to be able to combine this with the personalization of the websites, right? So we could have a different interactive video playing for somebody that's cold compared to somebody that's like a VIP client, you know? So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm doing some of this stuff for tattoo shops and, uh, and you can imagine, you know, somebody who spent $5,000 with a shop or whatever, going to the website and it's like, Oh, Hey, we know you, you've been here a couple of times. So like, you know, um, we're going to give you the VIP treatment, you know, right on the website. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Right. Super cool. I can't sleep. There's no, I'm not gonna be able to sleep for <laughs> probably two more weeks or a month. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's see, uh, Ricardo. Uh, maybe we'll we'll sign off, uh, Ricardo, Kyle, Cecil, and uh, um, yeah. Thank you very much for for hopping on. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's always cool to do these. Yeah, for sure, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Gabe, for all your time, man. So there I am. Funny. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, my name is Ricardo Sturdivant. Um, I am on Reinventing the Tattoo on Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I post a drawing class there. Uh, it's always fun to uh, have everybody jump in, talk about these uh, kind of topics. I love the life conversations, man. I love the, um, the, the drive conversations and, and the sources of these kind of inspirations and stuff like that. Um, it was always, uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. I can't thank you, Gabe, enough and Guy. Uh, and Cecil, it's very nice to meet you, man. Um, yeah, man, good talking. I like your yeah, interviews sure. and a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, likewise, dude. It sounds fucking rad. Um, and uh, Kyle, you're killing it, dude. Your paintings are looking great. Uh, I'm digging them. They're, Thank you. I appreciate you're it. You're doing a lot of hard work, man. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. It's it's awesome. It was really cool to meet you at the BYOB, man, and uh, and have the, the few conversations that we did. It was it was a good time, dude. So yeah, likewise. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, thank you guys for um, tuning in, and thank you, Gabe, for having me. Anytime. Almost anytime. Yeah. Okay, Kyle, you're up, I think.
All right, well, I'm Kyle Bernstein. Um, you can find me on all social media, Skies of Fire Tattoo. That's my kind of branding. Um, just working on my art right now, trying to make it happen, do what it do. Yeah, killer. Awesome. Okay, Cecil, uh, replace spotlights and speaker. Voila, yep. you're up. Uh, I'm Cecil Porter. Uh, I just like trying to help people, man. Uh, art is my passion. It's what I, it's just everything to me. It's how I self-identify. It's who I am. And uh, I just like helping people out and having fun. You know, I do it because it's fun and I love it. And if I can help other people find a way to be able to achieve that in their own stuff, then that's what I'm down to do. Awesome. And then how, uh, what's a good way for people to uh, check out your work and get a hold of you? Uh, I guess you could do Instagram or I have a couple different websites. It, you know, my name is pretty easy. If you just type Cecil Porter, there's not, a, there's nobody else that pops up. So if you want to find me, just type that in and you'll find it. Perfect. Awesome. So I'd like to thank uh, Renee who, who beamed in earlier. Uh, Jason beamed in. Uh, the chat room has been pretty, uh, pretty busy. So uh, let's see. Thanks. Uh, Christopher, who says, hey, all. Uh, Sandra Brooks, Atomic Injections has been uh, pretty lively. Thanks for, for commenting. Amy Ward for asking for some questions. And uh, yeah, everybody else. Kyle Fuga, who's been on there. I think he's been building one of the uh, tattoo machines by hand. Um, in any event, um, thanks uh, again to, to Guy Aitchison for making the Reinventing Tattoo platform uh, possible. Um, he is dedicated to uh, attracting like-minded people who are pushing in forward awesome directions, who love to collaborate and share with each other. And uh, yeah, so uh, check the, the mailing lists, uh, either the tattoonow.com mailing list or the reinventingthetattoo.com mailing list. Um, we are on all the social medias and stuff, but the websites are where you can always get um, the latest and greatest info. Um, okay, well, there we go. Thanks again, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up, everybody. Peace.